him, you can receive today. Amen. And we're so thrilled and blessed today that uh, uh, Brother Gordon Winslow uh, is with us today in service. And he's going to be with us tomorrow and Tuesday as well. And uh, today's been a little bit of a crazy day for him. Uh, and uh, so he, he had a word from God locked in the trunk. And uh, the only problem is he put his keys in there too. Amen. But you know what? God's not confined to paper, pen, or iPad. The Spirit of the Lord can speak to us today and uh, I'm ready to receive what God has and we're ready just to respond to what the Lord says. So Brother Winslow, we're glad to have you here with us today. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. God is he's good, isn't he? Hallelujah. My wife tells me all the time, I don't know how you could, God could tell you so much and yet you mess so many things up. Just Honey, I've looked for that shoe. I can't find it. It's nowhere. She said, did you pray about it? <laughs> I said, now, you know good and well, you're just trying to make me feel bad. Uh, thank God that, for a good wife. Uh, but anyway, let's forget about all that. And uh, Keys locked up, and uh, I started panicking. Uh, they got in the car, and then I got my iPad, and then uh, my jacket's in the trunk, and I just everything's here, there, everywhere else but Belfo, and so anyway, we got a ride here, and they just contacted me and so said they finally got the trunk open, so it's all going to work out. How many, how many believe God's in control? Yes, He is. I know the Lord's going to work in a mighty way in this church, and I appreciate the. I should know I should have already been here and probably already almost through preaching, but I'm going to try to, as the Lord will let me and allow me to kind of condense down what I was going to talk about. And then get to the heart of God doing things in this church. Never, I never take God for granted. Never, ever do I ever come to church and just come there expecting, oh, I'm going to call people out. I'm gonna, God's going to show me stuff and, you know, and everything's going to happen. I don't ever pray like that. I just pray, always pray, get my will and submission to God. And just whatever God wants, that's what I'm going to do. Whether it's little, a lot, much, whatever it is. I mean, that's all I can do. I can't do anything more than that. It's the way God showed me. Uh, to do it the Lord also showed me the order of every service he told me that faith is order order is faith you get out of order and you get out of faith and uh, when I say that I mean I'm not talking about man's order you know man's order could be a lot different than God's order but God has a plan and an order for every service and the more exact that you are the more you walk in that order of God the, the greater faith that you can have for example like God showed me years ago he said, as I tell you who to pray for, you pray for them and, and don't get out of that order unless it's something I do or I say. And, you know, sometimes people wave at me, come over and pray for them. They'll get in between the order of God. And I don't necessarily just tell them, no, I'm not going to pray for you, but I may tell them, not right now, because I'm trying to stay in faith. I'm trying to be obedient. Staying in the order of God is obedience. You know, God told me years ago, don't get ahead of me, don't get behind me. You know, it's just as bad to get behind God as to get ahead of God. And, and I always liken it like this. I probably said this here. My wife tells me there's about 15 things you say every single time you go to church. And I said, I know it. And I said, I'm going to keep saying them because they're important things. You know, it's like climbing up between the camel and get between the humps, a two-hump camel. You get between the humps, you don't get ahead of God, you don't get behind God. When the gifts of the Spirit start operating, 
And if, if I can just get tuned into those, the gifts of the Spirit, the calling of God, what God's called me to do, I get exactly between the humps of the camel. I mean, I just get right in there. And when I get between the humps of the camel, everything gets clear. Everything gets full of faith. Everything gets powerful. For example, like this, God tells you he's going to do something for you. But he doesn't tell you when he's going to do it. And then the next thing you know, you know, you get impatient, and all of a sudden you've lost all the momentum. You've lost all the word of faith that God gave you. And now you're upset, you're out of order, you're, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. There's an order of all things. There's a well-named preacher in California, and uh, I won't mention his name, but he's a well-known preacher. Uh, I was preaching in uh, in a neighboring church. Uh, His uh, his daughter came to church over there with her husband to the revival, and uh, I was going along. God spoke to me, said, I want you to pray for this couple. And uh, they wouldn't even sit in the right, the same place. One was sitting on one side, one on the other. And and the Lord showed me that they were husband and wife and that I was supposed to pray for them because they, they were supposed to have a miracle child. And they'd been trying for five years to conceive and have a child, been married a little over five years and no children. And uh, so the Lord spoke that to me and he showed it to me and I called both of them. I said, I want to pray for you and I want to pray for you over here. Well, immediately the church knew that was a miracle because, you know, two people, two different areas. I never preached there before, and, and uh, so I said, you guys are husband and wife, and I want to pray for you. I said, you're praying for something. You've been asking God for something. It comes in a small package. And, uh, and I said, and I smelt baby powder. And, and I did. I smelt it. I smelt baby powder. I said, you know, get ready because buy the baby powder, buy this, buy that. And I said, I see walls of blue. And, uh, and and so they cried, they wept. Oh my God, they were so happy. And after church, they come up and just I mean, they was just so moved by it. And uh, and and so her dad, who was a pastor, which I'd never preached for till after that, but but her dad and a mom wanted a, a grandbaby so bad, and it was just a real a real moving thing. Well, that was great. I felt great about that. It's great that God could speak to somebody and. And, you know, it, it didn't do anything but help me, too. But so anyway, so I, I think like a month went by, and uh, I got a phone call. Uh, Brother Winslow, when is God going to do it? I said, who is this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, tell me her first name. I, I didn't remember her first name. I said, well, what is your last name? So she told me her last name, and I still didn't remember her. And she said, my daddy is... So-and-so, and I said, oh, yeah, 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 you're the ones that are going to have the baby boy. I said, well, how long ago has that been? She said, about 30-something days. I said, wow, <laughs> to myself, I never put nobody down. It you don't want to put people down. And I just said, 30 days? Wow. It's going to happen. You just keep busy doing your part. And, and I said, God will take care of his. I said, but, you know, have a little more patience. Believe in the Lord a little bit more. When God doesn't do something, remember this, when God doesn't do something immediately for you, he's going to do more than just your miracle. He's going to teach you how to elongate your faith. He's going to let you stretch your faith. And so every day that it doesn't happen is a day that God's increasing your faith. He's working your faith. He's making your faith big. I know some of you are muscle-bound, but, uh, but, uh, but, but just have faith and don't lose it. 
So hung the phone up, and I said, Lord, I said, now you're going to have to hurry up and get this done. I said, they're going to start doubting. I said, it won't be long. They're going to not believe it's going to happen. I said, I know how people are, and you're going to start really moving. He said, no, you call her on the phone, and this is what I want you to tell her. So I called her back, and I said, well, look, I want to tell you something. Now, don't get, go tell your daddy and get your daddy on me. I said, but I want to tell you something right now. This is what's wrong with you. You're too impatient. You're bossy, and you're too impatient. And while God is getting ready to give you a miracle, he's going to break that. Because that's two things you're going to have to learn not to do if you're going to be a good mama. Because that baby's going to tell you what to do. It's going to tell you when to change the diaper. And you're going to get up and you're going to go get that bottle. And if you don't go get it, it's going to cry louder and louder till you do it. And I said, so you, you're going to, you might as well start working on that right now before that baby comes. I said, rest assured, it's going to happen. Well, sure enough, a few months, it wasn't a long time, but a few months went by and I got the text and we're expecting and we're going to have a baby and, oh, here it comes. Oh, they're all worried. Is it going to be a boy? We want a boy. That's what we wanted. And I, I said, oh, my God, get between the humps of the camel. Get on your camel and ride, Clyde. And don't leave. And that's what God, that's the message God is telling somebody in this church right now. Learn, become a, con, a camel jock. Come on, get, learn how to get between a two-hump camel and get right between what God's doing for you. Don't get ahead of God. Don't get behind God. Now, it's hard for me to tell you that because the key's locked up in the trunk. And, and, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, just I, I, I shouldn't say it. I didn't do it. So I'm not the one that did that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That's just being a selfish here, but... I am a buffoon, but I but I didn't do that. And and I, I, I it's hard for me to get up now and just walk in here, an hour late, and and and, and I'm all tense and I'm I'm trying to God had spoke so many things to me and I had to put it on uh, my iPad. I, there's no way I could remember all the things that God spoke to me for this church, that God wants to give this church. Now there's no way also that right now I can just go into a full blown message and preach it. So I'm going to be very quick, but I'm going to try to put the majority of what God spoke to me about. Never spoke this before, never preached this before uh, anywhere, and that's why I told the brother when he said, just get in the car, I'll drive you over there. I said, there's an there's a iPad in there. And I said, and it's got a bunch of stuff that God told me, and I don't know if I can remember everything. And of course, these of them have faith for me. God will tell you stuff. Just get in the car. I mean, I mean, just got a saint of God looking at me after I just ripped off a bunch of stuff at their church and God, names of people and things, and, you know, they're, they're telling me, just get in the car, God will tell you everything. Well, that's probably true, but, but I was panicking a little bit because I said, well, Lord, I'll have to change my message. And God said, no, you're not going to change nothing. You're just going to have to have faith. And, and uh but anyway, so they were able to open the inside of the car, and they couldn't open the trunk of the car. And this is just a crazy rental car. Who ever heard of a rental car that you can't open from inside the car? And so all that stuff is still in the trunk. But but by God's grace, my iPad was inside the car. So I do have the, the, the things that God spoke to me about. 
So if it doesn't make, if it doesn't flow, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, I want to get it on the, on the uh, DVD, CD, or whatever it is, so that you could get it because this is for this church, and God is going to sow this into this church. Now the beautiful thing about three nights or three services, God always works in my ministry in threes. I can do four nights, I can do five nights, but God really works. He has always worked in threes in my ministry. You give me three nights anywhere, any place. And I'm telling you, God can do some incredible things in a service. He can do incredible things in one service. But there's just something about the number three. Man is made of soul, spirit, and body. The one God created the world and walked in the world as a man and came back as the Holy Ghost. Three manifestations of one God. Three is the number of spiritual completeness. You repent. You're baptized in Jesus' name. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Three is the number of spiritual completeness. That's just the way that it is. And so three services, I'm always capable with God's help of doing some tremendous things with three services. Don't miss unless you have to. And if you have to miss, then be sure to get the DVD or CD or whatever it is and, and be a part of every one of these services because God willing, God's going to do some complete things in these three services. I want you to look with me in the, in the Word of God to John chapter number 4. And, uh, and, and let me try to convince this. Uh, let's read uh, John 4. Well, let's read verse number 1. St. John 4 and 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. He must needs go through Samaria. He must go through Samaria. There was something he was going to do there. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel ground that Jacob gave to his, his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Everybody say gifts. The gifts of the Spirit, the ministry are gifts. They're a fivefold ministry. God gifts to the church. God, you must understand the gifts of God. One half of what God does is by his gifting. He gives musicians and singers and, and, uh, and leaders and even ushers are gifted by God. And so the gifts of God. And so at a place where something was given, then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. He was waiting on someone. Then cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Now, it is so different. When God wants to give you something, he asks something from you. It's kind of like every time that I went to tell on my brother, I got a whooping. Or every time I went to go tell my dad what one of my brothers was doing, he always found something I was doing at the same time. And so I'd always get in trouble myself. So you've got to remember this. The first step into the miraculous is your willingness to offer something to God or, or, or to, to do something like worship. You have worship in the beginning of the service. You have prayer. You yield to God. You give God something of lesser so that God can give you something of greater. And you have to be a giver. If you're not a giver, you're not going to get anything from God. 
You've got to be willing to give. Do you, will you give God something today in this service? Have you given him praise? Have you given him worship? If you have, then you are ready to receive something at the well of God. Let's do that right now. Everybody in the building, let's lift our hands and let's give our God some praise right now. Let's start this service by offering unto him. I worship you. I magnify you. I glorify you, Lord. Thank you right now, Jesus, for what you're doing in this service. The woman comes from Samaria to draw water, and Jesus says to her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away and under the city to buy meat. Then the woman of Samaria said to Jesus, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. A Samaritan was a half-breed, half-Jew, half-Gentile. Either the mom or dad or whatever, one of them was a Jew, one was a Gentile, and thus they were Samaritans. They were hated of Gentiles. They were hated of the Jews. And so here she is amazed that Jesus is even saying that she should do something for him. It is amazing in my heart my mind. The last person I prayed for at Brother Elms this, today received the biggest miracle of all. It was her husband that put me in his car and brought me over here so that I could even be here right now. He was the one that finally said, come on, Brother Wenzel, get in the car. Uh, it's going to take a while for the locksmith to get here. and Just get in the car. I'll take you over there. So we're driving over there, and he goes, you know that last woman you prayed for? And I go, yes. And he goes, that was my wife. Really? And he said, you know, the things you told her, said that was, that was so unbelievably God, and, you know, and, and all of our family is trying to serve God. I, I want to be used of God. And my wife has gone through a lot of things that have happened to her, and, and bad things have happened, and, and she's just been shut down, and God's not been moving in her life. And, and when you spoke those things that God's going to move the block and God's going to do this, you spoke the very things, things that happened in your past is dictate your future. And, and said she just, and this woman broke down and just began to talk in tongues and fell all over everybody and just the power of God was on her and God gave her a big breakthrough. And it was the last thing that God did before we walked out of that building is that God allowed her to get a touch. And she probably thought to herself when I was speaking to her, I'm unworthy, there's no way, you know, I'm not doing God's will. I'm, you know, But that's the way the Lord is. The Lord doesn't look at our past obedience. He offers us a moment to obey. And if we obey, he forgets about the, 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 the disobedience. That's why the man had mud in his eyes and went and washed to create obedience. That's why Naaman was told dunk seven times. Not that Jordan waters had any power of healing in it, but because that was obedience. Go dunk seven times and it created obedience for God to bless. Your obedience qualifies you for the miraculous today. Not yesterday, not even this morning. But what you feel, what you think, how you respond to God right now Will to determine everything that God's going to do for you in this service. So she's so very surprised. So she said, then said the woman of Samaria, How is it that thou being a Jew hast drink of me? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, Give me drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, he would have given thee living water. He's telling her there's something you don't see, something you're not recognizing. And I promise you right now, there is something in God you do not see. There is something in God God's trying to do for you that the enemy is keeping you blind to it. 
and keeping your mouth, confessing negativism, and God's not going to move in me. I'm unworthy. I'm sitting here, but God will never move in my life. I'll never have that kind of ministry. I'll never walk in that. God will never heal me. God will never touch me. And the enemy is keeping you from seeing something significant about his love, about his mercy, about his gifts, about his power. I, I just preached a week before last, Brother Blizzard, in Las Vegas, and he asked me, he said, Brother Winslow, we, we lease from our building from the Assembly of God Church. And he said, and the pastor wants to know if you would preach for, in his morning services, his two services that morning, uh, 8 and 11. And I said, well, Brother Blizzard, I would only do that with your permission, uh, that you would trust me that, first of all, I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. I said, you do realize I could say the wrong thing get you kicked out of your building. He said, I did think about that. I said, well, I can assure you that's not going to happen. I said, number two is, you know, I'm going to be preaching in another church there with a uh, slightly different belief system than ours. And uh, it, I said, I, I'll do it. I said, I'll go anywhere. I'll preach for anybody anywhere. I'll be the same everywhere I go. I believe the same. And I said, I'm not going to do anything that is not timing right for God to do it. I said, well, that's up to you. And if you think it's all right, I'll do it. And if you won't tell everybody, then here I am telling you guys. But what a dummy. I better get between the humps, huh? But what I'm trying to say is I walked in there and, and God began to move and God began to operate in, in that place. And, and, uh, and Brother Blizzard even said there was one of the important members of that uh, Assembly of God church that was just not quite sold on a United Pentecostal church operating in their building. And, and I, one of the people I prayed for was uh, one of his relatives. And everything I said that man knew was God. And he got a hold of Brother Blizzard. And he said, Brother Blizzard said, I just want you to know I've just never seen an in incredible move of God like that. And he said, there's something about the United Pentecostal Church. You guys have got something that nobody else has. And he said, and Brother Blizzard said, that man just whole turnaround. It just, he said, Brother Winslow, it's just amazing. He said, I'm so glad you went over there and you ministered. And I'm so glad that you were able to pray for someone close to him. And, and said, he's on board. I can tell it right now. And there's no telling what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, there is a big miracle in the future for the church at Las Vegas about the building and about everything God's doing over there. And, and if you were at camp meeting, you heard our bishop, uh, uh, Brother Hodges, talking about the doors that are opening up all over the place and some of our preachers are being elected into denominal churches to preach the word of God in faith. And just this last year, this previous last year, five pastors or five preachers that we've ministered to have been elected to denominal churches to preach the word of God, the truth of God. And I'm telling you, it is amazing what, and what I'm saying about all that is that I walked in that church and there was something about God and about the gifts of God that that Assembly of God church didn't see. There was something the enemy was keeping them from, a revelation of Jesus' name, a revelation of power gifts, a revelation of faith. And there's something that the enemy is desperately trying to keep every one of you from seeing that God's got for you, that today you've got to break the glass. You've got to break the wall. You've got to break the dimension and start letting God show you what he wants to do for you. 
You've got to start believing in this incredible faith, incredible anointing of God. Because believe me, I don't want to preach myself out of a job. But I'm telling you right now, there's not anybody in this building that couldn't do what I'm doing right now. And this church can operate in that dimension. Your pastor operates in already, but he can operate in that dimension. I don't like to tell people that because then they start thinking they don't need me and I don't get to go preach. But, but I'm just telling you right now, I know you don't have to have Brother Winslow, but you've got to have Jesus, don't you? And I'm telling you that the worst thing that you could ever do is if, if, if I or someone prays for you, for you to start saying, trying to get yourself healed, trying to, you know, do it yourself. Just, you know, you know, most people worry about, well, what if I don't walk? What if I don't see? What if I don't hear? And, you know, people think I don't have faith. And see, that's how the devil works, trying to keep the revelation of the blessing that God's got for you from you realizing it. Jesus is sitting on this well, and he's saying to this woman, if you knew who it was, you'd start crying out for me to do things for you. If you knew the gift of God, you would have started asking me to move in your life. Well, we was at camp meeting, and, and uh, Brother Hodges was talking about all these things that God is doing in the nominal world. Um, and, and if you didn't get to go ask your pastor about it, he'll tell you all about those things that were spoken, about all the great things that God's doing and breaking walls of division down, and God's using United Pentecostal Church in California in a great way. And, uh, and, and if you just, if you do, and it comes down to us personally, that there are things that God wants to do for us and in our lives that just like that Assembly of God Church, didn't, they didn't realize how awesome the gift of God is and how powerful God is and how healing what God could do for them. And, and the, the, the little lady today, the last lady I prayed for, you know, uh, just came because everybody else in her family came and, and she didn't believe God would touch her. And, and yet God began to speak to her and tell her. And all of a sudden she started believing and laid hands on her, barely touched her. Boom, she just exploded in faith and, and, and fell out on top of everybody. And, and, and they were all weeping and crying because God broke through all those dimensions of lies and all the dimension of, uh, of lies. that Well, anyway, at camp God spoke to me and he said, the reason my church doesn't dominate more and the reason it's not bigger is because the enemy's out there lying about the church, lying about the preacher, lying about the church. Oh, you go there, they're going to tell you what to do. You go there, they're going to make you dress like this, talk like this, act like this. You go there, and the preacher, is the, he's a dictator, and he dictates, and, you know, all those kind of lies. The enemy's out there lying. That's why we have got to walk in the Spirit and let people see the love of this church and see who we really are. That's why a lot of times I act like a buffoon. I mean, I just act dumb and stupid because I want people in the church to know that this is not some great spiritual man walking around here operating in the gifts. It's the great God of heaven that can use anybody, anytime, any place. God wants to take this church. This is one of the dominant churches of the state of California. God showed me ten great churches that he wanted to move in a dominant, powerful way, and this was one of those ten churches that he wanted to move in a powerful, powerful way in Revelation. The church doesn't get there just as an organized body. It gets there as every chair and every person on it begins to recognize God, recognize the greatness of God, starts letting their faith go and starts believing God, and each one starts really having faith in God and what God can do in your life. That's how God reaches these great places. 
And so there were two things that Jesus said to this woman. He said, number one, if you knew who I was. Number two, if you knew the gift of God. In other words, the way God, the methods, the way God operates. There are nine gifts in 1 Corinthians. The gift of tongues. The gift of interpretation. The word of knowledge to help you think like God. The word of wisdom, what to do with it. There's some things you don't say. Some things God tells me I'll whisper in their ear. Pray for a teenage girl that tried to commit suicide. I called her out and I said, this God's going to do this. And I whispered in her ear and I said, you tried to commit suicide. And I said, and God said, that's over, that's done. He's going to drive that suicide spirit back to the pits of hell. And I whispered in her ear and I said, this is why that demon of darkness is trying to get into your life. And I spoke and she broke down immediately. And I laid hands on her. God filled her with the Holy Ghost and delivered her of that. And she's not walking in that spirit of suicide anymore. But wisdom gave me enough, enough sense not to say it out loud. It's just like you. Maybe you're, you're in, you've committed some sin. I'm not going to get up here and call you out and say I saw you down at Mr. So-and-so stealing two pigs last night. I know that's ridiculous. That's why I said it like that. You know, you don't do that. If I was dumb, I would come in here and start trying to see everybody's little faults and failures and, and everything and, you know, make you afraid. And, and, and sure, you'd think, oh, that brother Winslow. But you wouldn't come to God and you wouldn't worship and you wouldn't let God touch you because you'd be so afraid. So, see, wisdom lets me know there's some things you say you don't say, some things you do you don't do. It helps you operate in a wise way, smarter than you really are. The gift of, of healing helps you to have faith to heal. The gift of faith lets you believe God. His faith comes in and, and the gift, and you can start believing God. But there's two things. One is he said, if you knew who I was, if you knew the gifts of God, in other words, knew how I operated. And those are the two dimensional rules of God and how he rules our lives. Number one, he rules with who he is in relationship to salvation. One part of God is about salvation, saving us. He died on the cross. He walked in flesh. We repent of our sins. We're buried in water in baptism. We're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We speak in other tongues, and that changes our life. But that's one dimension. That's the heavenly dimension. But if you don't learn about the earthly dimensions, the other part, the gifts of God, you won't know how to win people to God. You won't know about the art of giving, the blessing of giving. You cannot give and struggle all your life and still have the Holy Ghost and go to heaven but not be blessed and prospered and not be blessed in this world, not have a greater job, not know how to walk in your family, how to be a great dad or a great mom or, or whatever. Those are the teachings of the principles of God. There's the salvation of God on one hand. And then there's how to live for God in this world and how to be blessed of God. I'm glad I found out how to be saved. But I'm glad I found out that giving is the seed of my future blessings of tomorrow. And so you learn these things. Well, maybe I could say this and not go to hell. Maybe I could go visit this place and not go to hell. But would it bless your house? Would it bless your personality? Would it be good for your living in this earth? 
We're not here just to get saved and then see how wrong we can do and still make it to heaven. We're here to perfect ourselves for the future salvation and walking on streets of gold. But we're here to learn how to follow God on this earth, how to live peaceably, how to walk in love, how to give, how to get the gospel out, how to bless this building, this church. There's, there's two sides to it. Not just enough to come up here and know Jesus as who he is, but then to know his daily teachings, how to be blessed of God and how to follow God. Uh, know you, I know the Bible says that you can't be saved in your own righteousness, and I believe that and I preach it. But once you're saved, you've got to pray. If you don't, then you don't demonstrate the characteristics of God. It's prayer, deep prayer, that produces a God-like spirit and a God-thinking. You read the Word of God and you start thinking like God. That's why you meet some people that they've got the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues, but my God, they are, so, they are just so stupid. God spoke to me the other day and he said, there's a difference between ignorance and stupid. He said, I want you to write it down. And so he gave me the definition. And he said, stupid is... Knowing but not doing. That's stupid. To know there's a God but not serve, serve Him, you're stupid. But then there's ignorance. And ignorance is not knowing. Sitting somewhere in a church with a big steeple today and not knowing He's a miracle-working God. He's a baptizer of the Holy Ghost. He can bring joy and peace into your life. He can touch your family. He can deliver your kids. That's ignorance. And God doesn't want this church to be ignorant. Remember what he said in Corinthians? I don't want you to come behind in any of the gifts. At one time you were dumb, ignorant Gentiles. And you didn't know any better. But now through the teaching of the man of God, through the teaching of the Spirit of God, you know better. And if you don't do it now, you're stupid. But some are just ignorant. They just don't know. There's a difference in that. And you can no longer, do you hear me? No longer does God want you to come to this church and scratch your head and wonder how in the word does, how does how in the world does Brother Brown know how to do that? How does he operate like that? Oh my God, he stopped that service, went out there and prayed for that man that I brought to church. And how did he know that that man was going through those things? Because he's not just walking in salvation. He's walking in the gifts. He's walking in the fruits of the spirit. He's walking in every book of the Bible. I'm telling you what, it helps you. When I first got saved, I started reading the Word of God. God started making me smart. I mean, by myself and then on myself, I'm not very smart. But when I start doing what God wants me to do, in just a few minutes, God's going to make me look real smart. Matter of fact, I prayed for a lady just a few hours ago. And I said this and that, and I start naming stuff. I didn't even, I had no idea. And I start naming how it worked, her sickness, her illness. I, start, I spelled her, her sickness out. And, and, and I sounded like a doctor. I had to stop and kind of say, wow. I said, man, I sound smart. When I knew good and well, my God, I was not that smart. But you see, God was making me smart. I was listening to him. He was speaking to me. He was telling me what to do. You understand? And that's the principles of God, walking in the principles of God, knowing how to do this and what to do and letting God make you smart. If I was to tell you right now that not only is Jesus going to reveal who he is to people in this church, but he is going to make his principles, his wisdom, his word available to everybody in this church. Huh? 
I was in the Assembly of God church, and I, I called this little girl out. And, uh, and I said, I want to tell you, I want to tell you some things. And I told this woman, I, pointed, I said, I want you to come over and stand over here. I want you to help me pray. I thought she'd just come over to help me pray, but I didn't know that was a girl's mother. I said, well, come over and stand right here. I want you to help me pray. Well, she comes over there, and I start talking about some things, and all of a sudden I stop and I look at this woman. And I said, are you kin to this girl? She said, yes, I am. I said, are you this girl's mother? She said, yes. I said, well, okay, well, this is what I'm going to tell her some things, but this is what I don't want you to ever say. So I start going down the line. Don't quit saying this, quit saying that, quit doing this. I mean, just things that she was saying to this girl. And when I said that, I mean, it just opened that girl up. Because sometimes we can be saying the right thing, but saying it the wrong way. For example, like when you spank your, I know we can't spank in California. If you lived in Mississippi, and you whoop the tarnation out of your kids, hallelujah. And you get away with it over there. I don't mean like, you know, beat them up, but, but just, hallelujah. I'm going to get arrested is what's going to happen. I better start using some intelligence in California. But, but you know, if you were just to uh, correct your kid, let me say, just going to correct your kid. If you just got angry and corrected them, you didn't help them. You did not help them. You created fear, but you didn't correct them. One of the worst things that ever happened was when my mother, most of the time she just got a switch. But sometimes she would go. She'd sit us there in the, in the bedroom. We thought we was going to get a whipping. She'd come in and go, I knew, oh, my God, it's going to be a crying. This is going to be one of those crying things. Don't cry, Mama. She'd say, all I've ever done for you. I carried you nine months in this stomach. You made me fat. I picked up all kind of weight. I was depressed for months after I gave birth to you. I weighed 10 pounds, by the way. You came out standing up with a full set of teeth. No, I, I just added that in there. And she started crying, and all I've done, and look what you did. And I just go, Mama, please beat me right now. Don't, don't say any more to me. Because, you, you, you know, you, she just, you know just, it would just tear you up when your mother started crying and give you that guilt trip stuff. Just beat me to an inch of my life. And please don't say anything else about that. I'm going to tell you something right now. It is important how we say it. It's important how we face denominal churches. It's important how we face people on our job. It's important how we walk with God and how we demonstrate in the Spirit. And that's more than just coming to God and getting saved. The gifts of the Spirit and faith in the gifts of God and how God operates in a church. It takes a knowledge of Jesus. It takes more than just getting saved. To be able to help people walk and get healed and help their kids and, and be able to help people financially. Although I know that if you never get a great job and you're saved, that's great. But how many would love to be saved and yet still get blessed? Why couldn't we be? Why can't we be? How many times have I seen God do those things where he touches a person's life and not only saves them but heals them, not only heals them but gives them the best job they could ever have. I remember on a job when I got saved and I, I knew the least of anybody on that job and everybody on that job told me you'll never get a raise. Winslow, the people I was working with, you'll never get a raise here. You're, I don't even know why you're here. You're not even trained to be in this job. Well, God had put me there. God gave me that job. 
And I remember the Lord telling me, you'll have five raises this week. And I started to open my mouth and tell all those guys on that job. And the Lord said, don't tell anybody. And, and boy, I started getting raise after raise after raise after raise after raise. I'd gotten five raise and, and raises. And then I remember one of the guys coming after asking for a raise and being denied. And he said, I, well, nobody gets raises around here. But there I was thinking to myself, I've gotten five raises this, this year. But you know why? Because God gave me some sense. It wasn't because I was smart on my own, but I, I duplicated his life. I watched how he loved, how he walked, what he did. When others took things home and put them in their, uh, their knapsacks and took them home, I wouldn't take them. When all the uh, buddies on the job told me, oh, it's okay to take these things. But, you know, the company is not going to use them. I said, no, there's no authorization here. I'm not taking them. And they didn't, they thought, I knew that bosses know what's going on. It's just the bosses really deep down didn't care. But it, but it did mark them as being untrustworthy. Even though they didn't care if they took that, the stuff, they, they knew they were taking things unauthorized. But they also knew that I wouldn't take them. Because the principles of God wouldn't let me do it. And when the boss called me in, I, had, I was the least qualified. I've been there the, the least number of years. When the boss said, I'm going to elevate you, I'm going to promote you, you're going to have a car, you're going to be in charge of this whole side of the factory, and, and all your, this is your office, and this is what you're going to do. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, how in the world am I going to do this? And the boss looked at me and said, you know why I'm doing this? And I said, no, I don't. He said, not because you're smarter than all those guys. He said, because you are real and you're honest and you're sincere and I watch how you handle everybody and you treat everybody the same. And I thought, oh, my God, those are the principles of God. He is seeing Jesus in me. When you have the power to destroy your enemy but you don't do it, when you have the power to love somebody, you love them despite how they treat you. When you give respect to other people, even though they don't believe just like you do, but you respect what they do. I remember I picked up a couple of uh, uh, Mormons one day. And, uh, and, and I rolled my window down and said, hey, you guys, they're on their bikes. I said, hey, you guys hungry? Y'all want some lunch? Uh, yeah, yeah. I said, well, r ride your bike right up here to this uh, deli over here. I'm going to buy you lunch for you. So we got in there, and they walked in there, and they go, uh, I said, what do y'all want to eat? And they, I ordered it, and we sat down. We was eating, and they was talking all their church stuff. And I was talking about Jesus and everything. And, and they said, uh, where, where are you an elder at? And they thought I was an elder in the Mormon church. And I said, well, I'm, I'm an elder at so-and-so. I gave them the address. And it's, you know, where I was preaching at. And they said, they looked at each other and said, well, we didn't know we had a church over there. I said, where's that address at? And I told them again. And I seen them look at each other, and they start whispering. And one of them, I heard him say, Pentecost. And he said, hey, that's Pentecost church, isn't it? I said, yeah. Yeah. You're an elder there? I said, yeah, I preach over there. I'm an evangelist. You're not Mormon? You're not Latter-day Saint? I said, I'm a Latter-day Saint, all right. I said, I'm, I'm Latter-day Saint. But I'm not a Mormon Latter-day Saint. Well, what in the world? Why would you even if do this for us. I said, because you guys are out there young. You're out there committed. You're telling people about Jesus and the Book of Mormon. I said, but it's inspiring for me to see you do this. You work and save your money and 
take two years and you dedicate yourself to the Mormon church? I said, no, I don't believe in the Mormon church and I don't believe in Joseph Smith. I said, but I believe in you two guys. I believe in what you're doing. It's real. That's principles of Jesus, folks, to love everybody. You know what they said? Where's that church? I said, I told you where it's at. You know where it's at. We're going to come. And they rode their bikes up there, and, and, and it was just within minutes of the altar call. They were down in the altar praying, and God was touching those young Mormons. It's more to it than just Acts 2.38. Yes, that's salvation. But if you want to be promoted, if you want God's best, if you want to be financially prospered of God, then get into the principles of God. He told that lady, if you knew the gifts of God, he was basically saying, if you knew how the gifts of the Spirit operated, you could get your miracle. If you knew how the love of God operated, you would turn some enemies into friends. I'm telling you, this week God is going to move in such a miraculous way in each one of these services. It is going to be mind-blowing. I want to give you seven laws or seven keys to supernatural power. And I'm not going to preach them. I'm just going to speak them to you. And if God will allow me during this week, I'm going to define some of them. Here are seven laws or keys to supernatural power. These are about the principles of Jesus. If you know Jesus, then you can start walking in these laws. 58 laws God showed me about how to walk in the supernatural. Here are seven of these laws. The law of difference. Willingness to be who you are. Most of us want to be like everybody else. Now, I'm not talking about carnality and division and disobedience. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about coming to the house of God and being who God created you to be. And because you don't sing like everybody else and you don't usher like everybody else and you don't preach like everybody else. Can you believe this? When I first started preaching, I preached with 22 other preachers in our home church. We had a very powerful home church. 22 young preachers called of God. Do you know who was the black sheep of that church? Who can guess? Who do you think they looked at and said, he does it wrong. He's swimming with a swan, but he's nothing but a chicken. He's not a duck. And they would just always, I mean, I'd get up to preach, and when the pastor let me speak, it was all just like wild and just Holy Ghost and faith in God. And, man, and all those preachers would say, Winslow, you're never going to make it because you're not organized enough. You don't have enough points in your messages. Your paper doesn't look like an outline. You got stick figures and you got a little half moon and an eyeball sticking out of it and you know that means something. But you know what? I was being who God asked me to be. I can't be a pastor. I couldn't pastor this church no matter what. But I can be what God asked me to be, to be the faith person, to walk in the supernatural. And it takes every kind of person that God puts in this church. You've got to start recognizing the law of difference. And just because somebody walks in here that's not just like you doesn't mean they can't help this church. They can't bless this church. They can't help this church reach people. Matter of fact, I can't preach in a church that's all white anymore. First of all, white folks can't hardly worship. They don't know really how to worship. But you get a couple of soul folks, my, come on. 
I'm serious. You get some folks with a little bit of hallelujah, black eyed peas and some mustard greens. They can loosen you up a little bit, let you worship a little bit. You get some Hispanics in the house of God. I'm going to tell you something right now. Then nobody can dance and move and shout and praise like Hispanic culture. Come on. Latino is hot. You hear me? You get some hot sauce on that steak. Woo! I use that hot sauce. They bring that Tabasco out there whenever I'm, I'm eating. But you still got to have some Anglo in there just to look good. Hallelujah. You know I'm lying. Hallelujah. But whatever we do, I don't know what we do, but we do something. But you don't want a church that's just all black or all Hispanic. Or I mean, I'm not knocking any church like that. I'm not, that's not my point. My point is God loves diversity. He loves difference. As much as all your siblings are a little bit alike, you're all different. All ministry is different. And we need preachers in every church that preach all kinds of messages and they enable the church to do all kinds of things. And every now and then you've got to have a crazy guy show up. Somebody just crazy is all, get out. And say, my God, did that guy ever shut up? Get out of here. He gets here late. He stays late. My God, what are we going to do with this guy? The law of difference. You've got to start recognizing everybody has a gift. It's different, but it all fits together like a puzzle. Number two is the law of the mind. God is sowing into this church the law of difference. He's going to allow you, trust me when I say this, by the end of this week, God's going to touch and he's going to make plans for lawyers and doctors and, and, and other kind of folks to show up. The drug addict's going to show up and the down and outer's going to show up and, and, and everybody in between that we can all gather in this place and be one in the spirit and walk with God. That's the kind of church God wants. The law of difference. The law of the mind is so important. The law of the mind is that every battle begins in your mind. The victory starts in your mind. If you want to get to the place of victory, you've got to go to your mind first. Uh, waking up one morning in Portland, Oregon, God spoke these words to me. As soon as I woke up, he spoke these words. He said, if you can hear it, if you can think it, if you can speak it, then you can do it. And the Lord spoke to me about the law of the mind. He activated the law of the mind, showed me the law of the mind. Your mind needs three things to perform, to function. It needs a focus. You find somebody that doesn't have a focus in their mind, and I'm going to tell you something, they're, 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 they're not doing any good. You've, your mind needs a, a focus, and we're talking about spiritual things. Get your mind on a spiritual thing in your life and start focusing on it. If it's fasting, if it's prayer, if it's the Word of God, if it's outreach, if it's praise and worship, whatever, get your mind focused on something, and the law of the mind, the blessings of God will start flowing in your mind because that's the place the battle is won first. When you win the battle in your mind, you're going to win it in your body. Body. When you win it in your mind, you're going to win it in your spirit. Your mind needs a focus. Number two, it needs an instruction. Your mind needs to be challenged with the voice of God and instruction from the man of God. When the man of God comes to this church and just instructs this church and is always pushing this church forward, believe it or not, that's healthy. 
Sometimes people get in their mind, oh, my God, we just got to remodeling this, now we're remodeling that. We just got to doing this, now we're going to go do that. And, you know, but what that is, that's the man of God recognizing that your mind needs an instruction from God. Number three, your mind needs an example or a hero. When people say, oh, you got preacher's religion, you tell them, you better believe I do. Get out of my way before I call him. You've got to have a hero in your mind. Your mind, you got to, God will set somebody in. Uh, Israel had a Moses. They had a Joshua. They had a Caleb. They had Jesus. God said, I've got to come down in flesh, and I've got to walk in front of them, and I've got to get in their minds. I can see Jesus doing things all the time. I've got my heroes, T.W. Barnes, a great prophet of God, apostle of God, gone on to be with the Lord. He was someone that my mind, I would go to him, I would talk to him, I would call him on the phone, and I, I would test what God would say to me and let him uh, feel after God and critique it or tell me, you know, your mind needs a hero. Number three is the law of recognition. Anything you fail to recognize, you cannot celebrate. You can't celebrate something you don't see, something you don't recognize in your life. Most people never recognize something important till it walks out. And then when it's gone, they, they recognize it. I, I mean, I never, uh, every time I fast, I, I, I just can't get over how good food tastes. I was on a seven-day fast and and I, I told my wife, I'm coming off this fast at four o'clock now on Saturday now. I want to have some groceries here. She said, what do you want to eat? And I said, I want a hot dog and a hamburger. I want a fried chicken. I want a taco and an enchilada. Now, she knew I couldn't eat those things, not all of them. And so she was gone to the store. Four o'clock comes. She wasn't home. I Fast over. I don't know about y'all, but it's over, friend. It's in and out time. Food tastes so good when you're, when you have it, when you've been denied it. I remember on that seven day fast, I opened the cabinet up. There was a can of uh, sauerkraut. That's all I could find. I opened that up, and I want you to know, by the time she got there, I was puking. I was sick as a dog. I went on another twenty four hour fast. It's twenty four hour, more hours before I could eat. Don't break your fast with sauerkraut. Yeah, but God. When God begins to move in our life, we've got to start recognizing the things. That what, you, what you don't recognize, you can't celebrate. What you don't celebrate will leave you. You have to celebrate your marriage. The day you stop celebrating your marriage, it walks out the door. I don't mean necessarily that you're breaking up and getting a divorce, but you, it's just not there no more. You ever notice you get around a marriage that isn't celebrating anymore? They don't actually speak words. They grunt. You want another cup of coffee? Uh-huh. Hey, honey, are we going over to mom's tonight? Uh-huh. Just a grunt. No words. Just hand signals. When I dated my wife before we were married, you know, we had, that was a long time ago now, and we had one phone. And we didn't have no cell phones or cordless phones, but we had one big long cord. And my mother used to look for me, and she'd take that cord and follow it. It might be under the bed. It might be in the closet. It might be outside the window where I crawled out of the window, I'm talking to my honey. And she said, boy, you could just talk on that phone forever. And I could. My ear would go, whoa, 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 because I was on it so long, I'd switch. Any young people, you know, switching ears because you're wearing one ear out? 
But what happens? You get married and all of a sudden, my God, you don't even want to talk. What happened to that? You get back. Guys, I know it's hard. But, you know, I just try to, sometimes I get with sister women, I just try to invent things to talk about. Hey, what happened to that old feather you had on that hat that you wore three years ago? <laughs> Shut up, Winslow. I know what you're doing. You're trying to come on to me. And it's going to take more than a feather. But you, you just start talking and, you know, and, and uh, you start recognizing, you start celebrating your marriage. You can come to a church and after a while not get anything from God because you stopped celebrating the man of God. You stopped, one when you first came, oh, it was a great church. Nobody could preach like the man of God. But now you've gotten used to it. You don't recognize it. You don't celebrate it anymore. If you want to walk in the supernatural, you've got to learn to recognize the things that God has put in your life and you've got to celebrate them. That's the law of recognition. Number four is the law of two. Satan never attacked man until Eve showed up. Now, I could turn that around, but I'm not. Satan never showed up until Eve showed up when there was two because one puts 1,000 and two puts uh, 10,000 to flight. The law of two is increase. When you unify, you're going to increase. When you divide, you're going to decrease. Every time you unify, you're going to increase. Everything we do ought to be unification in our house, in our family, in our marriage, in our business, on our job. We need to always be busy unifying things. Then there's number six, the law of honor. The law of honor is recognizing things of importance that God has put in your life. I remember just as a new convert, my pastor got a brand new car. And uh, some, just a few of the members of the church didn't think that was really cool. And, you know, they was telling me one day, we went out to eat after church, and they said, uh, Winslow, what do you think about Pastor? He got a brand-new car, and he hadn't had that other one but about a year or two because they didn't think he put 50,000 miles a year on it. And uh, what do you think about it? I said, I think he ought to get the best car he can get. They said, what? I said, I think you guys are crazy talking like that. He is an example. And everything God does for him is going to trickle down to me. And there's nothing wrong with driving an older car. Man, the car I've got, and the one i got now is a rental, but the car i got at the house has got 90,000 miles on it. And it's still good enough for me, and I'm going to run it till the wheels fall off. And then I'm going to give it to Sister Winslow. Hallelujah, glory to God. Woo, that baby ain't going nowhere. She leaves. She won't be gone very far. Huh? I remember one time we got in a big argument years ago, and she's packing up, and I start packing my bag. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going with you. She said, well, I might as well stay here. You're going to go home to mom and dad with me? I'm trying to get away from you. I said, there's no escape from this guy. Hallelujah. God said, I want you to start respecting and giving honor the law of honor. These are laws of the supernatural that will change this church. And the last one I'm going to cover, and then we're going to start moving in the spirit, is the law of the seed. The law of the seed is, is beginnings. God doesn't give you a full tree. He gives you a seed. If what's in your hands is not enough to be a harvest, it must be seeds, and it must be planted. 
Instead of you looking at God and saying to God, Lord, you didn't give me what I asked for. You didn't bless me. I asked for watermelon, so to speak. And all you gave me was seeds of watermelon. And what you don't realize that in that seed are the instructions of supernatural miracles that when you sow it, it's going to grow and become something great. 2005, God spoke to me and said, I want you to give $2,005 to this evangelist. I gave that $2,005 to that evangelist. As soon as I gave it, God said, you'll be out of debt by Christmas. This was on April the 6th when I did that. God said, by uh, December the 24th, you're going to be completely out of debt. I said, God, I owe $27,000 in credit card indebtedness. I owe uh, notes on uh, two cars and a motor home I traveled and preached in and uh, several other indebtedness that I have. And the Lord said, by Christmas, you're going to be out of debt because you sold that $2,005. It was a seed. I could have spent that $2,005 so easy doing anything. It would have been gone. It would never produce very much. But because I sold it at the voice of God where God told me to sow it, God then spoke to me afterwards and said, you're, I'm going, to, you're going to be out of debt by Christmas. This not going to, you know, I've never been in debt in credit cards ever again. Not ever. Not Today, nor any day after that, have I ever been indebted in credit cards since the day that I sold that money and God got me out of debt. God pay, helped me pay those cars off. I mean, people started giving to me. God uh, anointed me with a $100 blessing. He, he, he told me in a service, he spoke to me uh, uh, in a revival. I preached that revival three times in a revival. God told me to give $100 to somebody. And, and each time I gave it, it was a missionary. After I gave the third $100 bill to a missionary, separate missionaries that came to revival. After that third time, God spoke to me and said, I'm, I've given you the $100 miracle, and people will give you $100, and that's how you're going to get out of debt. People will start giving you $100, $100, $100, $100, $100. And I'm telling you what, I'd be in a service station pumping gas, and strangers would come up to me and say, are you a preacher? And I'd go, yes. I mean, you know, when someone talks to you like that, you talk like that to them. I mean, they would come you know, they go, are you a preacher? Then I realized I could have just said, yeah, yeah, I'm one. And I said, yes. They go, I thought you was. I was supposed to give you $100. I said, you are? I said, I felt like it was the will of God. I said, I do too. <laughs> Tell me you don't think that's the will of God. Huh? I didn't even have to pray about it. That's the will of God. They give me a hundred dollars. The Lord said, "That's not to put in your pocket. That's not to go buy another horse or a saddle. You put that on your bills because you're going to get out of debt." You know, when I sold that two hundred two thousand five uh, two thousand five dollars in the year two thousand five, I came home, drove home from revival. Do you know what was sitting on my desk? A check for two thousand five dollars from a woman that didn't even go to our church. God not only gave me back what I invested, but He started. And by September, I was completely out of debt. That seed. If what you've got right now is not enough, and you're thinking, God didn't work a miracle, but if he gave you the seed to grow a harvest, that's a miracle. Sometimes when you, uh, uh, your pastor or I or someone prays for you, you get better. It's not all gone, but you get better. That's a seed. And if you'll step on that, stand on that, plant that, instead of getting up and say, you know, I've had people tell me, you prayed for me for three things, and two of them happened, but one didn't. And all they do is sit there the whole service and look at Shortchanged me. Two of them happened, but not three. You know, to me, my God, 
If God tells me I'm going to give you three million and I get one of the million, I'm going to get happy right then. Huh? The other two million will come on, but you understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes what God gives you is the beginning of something. Maybe the pain is diminished. Don't go home and say, I didn't get healed. Say, my God, that pain is leaving. God has given me the down payment. It's getting better. You understand what I'm saying? God said, this week I'm taking this church into the supernatural. And we're going to change the order of this service. And there's one way you change the order of the service. I, I know we have to be through by a certain amount of time. And I'm going to watch. I, I'm going to get that. I'm not really good at getting it. But I'm going to, I'm going to get that. Because I know we'll be thrown out of here at 4 o'clock. And, but the good news, tomorrow night, you know, this is how it works. My church I pastored, last church I pastored, one before that, I had a birthday party coming up. And they came to me and said, Pastor, what do you want for your birthday? I said, I thought about it. I said, I want to preach as long as I want to. Ouch. I see, I see the leaders go, ooh. Bring your lunch. Bring a ice chest. I said, I want to preach without anybody looking at a watch. I want to finish preaching one time I want to finish my message. All right, they got up and they said, Pastor wants to be able to preach as long as he wants. Everybody was just, oh, my God, they were just. So it's birthday time now. So I'm coming, man, I'll tell you what, I'm fixed to preach an hour and a half. I'm fixed to lay it. I'm, I'm scratched. I don't itch no more. I get up there and preach 15 minutes, and all of a sudden I don't even know what else to say. It's over. It's finished. I went, it's gone. Inspiration is gone. I don't feel anything. I'm through. God said, you're through. I said, God, I got another over an hour left. He said, you didn't ask me for that. You're finished. So I said, I'm sorry, church, but this is it. Well, after church, some of the deacons came up. They said, now, don't you think because you didn't use your hour and a half, you're going to get that next Sunday. I said, that's done. Of course, they were laughing. It was a big deal. It was funny. It wasn't funny to me, but they thought that was God, but one of the greatest changers of an environment is worship. And I want you to do that with me. You don't have to stand. Just stay seated. I want you to lift your hands. I want to start praying. And God wants to start activating faith in this church. We're going to pray for people. We're going to close at the right time. If I was to tell you that when we close this service, I'm going to speak these laws one more time in the closing of this service, that God's going to sow the law of difference, that God's going to sow these things into your life in the closing of this church. Not only is God going to fill people with the Holy Ghost, heal their bodies and touch their minds and change the dimension of the way that you're blessed. I'm telling you, by the end of Tuesday night, you're going to start getting blessed seven times instead of once or double. God's going to move you to a place of seven times. This church is significant, a significant church about revival. And it's got to have the revival portion, the revival blessing that God wants to give it. There's a special anointing on Tuesday night that God's going to put on your pastor. And his wife, and God's going to anoint them in a really special way and move them into a great dimension of faith. Let's pray right now. Jesus, all of it belongs to you, all the glory, all the praise. Every miracle that happens in this service belongs to you, God. There's nothing we do in and of ourselves that is of any value, of any importance. But God, as we obey you and walk in the Spirit, and believe what you say. God, I believe right now sins are going to be repented of right now. That men and women are going to want the best. They're going to want a new job. They're going to want... 
better homes. They're going to want their children with a better education. They're going to want their bodies healed. And to do that, they have to walk between or climb between the humps of the camel and ride in your wheel. They're going to have to get rid of some things. They're going to have to receive some things. They're going to have to make some changes in their life to get the best that you've got. Lord, I believe it. I release it right now before they're healed, before they're saved. I release the portion of faith for this service. Now just lift your hands up and for about one minute, I want you to raise your voice as loud as you can and I want you to praise God by faith. The hardest thing to do is to praise God for something you don't have yet. Do it right now by faith and watch what God does in this service. over here some anointed power over this house God's going to fill this place up every night word's going to get out about the move of God in this church this week hallelujah all right just stay with me for a few minutes I'm going to be watching that clock and I'll be getting through as quick as I can once again I'm so sorry about getting here late. It seems like every time I come here, I'm always apologizing about everything. I won't have no excuse tomorrow. Hallelujah. So hang on. I'm supposed to pray for you. Now, the, the Lord always shows me who to pray for. It doesn't mean I can't pray for anybody else. But there's two things that goes on in a service about me. That's my responsibility. Number one is every person God speaks to me about is somebody God wants me to pray for them. It's just God's design, God's plan that I'm supposed to pray for them. Now, I can pray for everybody. I know just about almost everybody here wants to be called out, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, lo- I want to be called out too. I've been to where God used men, and I'd, they worked over there one night. I'd sit over there, they'd be over here. The next night I come over here, they'd go back over there. I've got to walk behind the preacher trying to get a word from God. If it's not God, it's just not going to work. You can't make it happen. But, but I'm just like you. I want a word from God. You're crazy if you don't. For some preacher to get up somewhere and say, oh, these people are always trying to get the miraculous. You better believe it. I mean, that's what makes a difference in your life is God's blessings. But God showed, has always showed me an order. He tells me, get in that order. If you'll follow what I tell you, what I show you, you'll have great faith. Your faith won't change. This morning, I got in the order of God. I didn't, let, I didn't get diverted. I didn't get out of that order, and I had great faith this morning. And I had less time to do this morning. I mean, I, we were really on a schedule. And it, kind of got messed up when I got the keys locked up. But other than that, I, I was right in, in there just churning and turning. So God shows me who to pray for. He's already showed me three people here right now to pray for already. He never shows me all ten or seven or six or whatever it is because that's called revelation. You take a step of faith and God shows you more. You take a step and God shows you more. You take a step and God shows you more. That's how God works. If you come to church and God didn't show you everything about it, don't. he never does that. It's always a little step at a time. You give this, you say this, you do this, you go here, you, and you do that, and then all of a sudden it opens up. I always liken it like this. When it gets dark tonight, you go to Grandma's house, or it's Father's Day, you go to Dad's house to celebrate tonight. Your, your headlights do not shine five miles to Daddy's house. They shine 100 feet at a time. And as you travel 100 feet, they shine another 100 feet. And that's how God operates. God's not going to show me everything about this sister all at one time but he'll show me a little bit. 
I'll get to the point where I'm ready to pray for you, and all of a sudden it starts opening up, and the light shine a little further. And God told me there was three seasons that you're in, that he's fixing to end right now and change. Three painful seasons in your life that you're struggling and things, you need miracles. Three areas you need miracles. One is your family. One is your health. And one is financially. You need a miracle in all three areas of the, of the, the, uh, in your life. And God said, I'm going to pour miracles on you right now. God told me to tell you that you're his, you're his kid. You're a king's kid. You're a child of God. You're his and that he loves you. And that you've got unbelievable faith locked up on the inside of you. You're a very strong believer in the things of God. Just because you're not bossy and you don't jump on everybody doesn't mean you don't have a lot of faith and God doesn't use your faith. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to bring your faith out this afternoon and God's going to start anointing your faith and the people that you've been praying for. And I see some names starting to go like around and around in front of me right now. And those are family members in your life that God's going to start touching you and moving in you. You have a sickness in your body that's going to leave and God's going to heal you. That sickness is going to leave you. Sometimes it leaves you dizzy and weak and, 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 and you're wondering what's going on. You're worried about some things in your body. And, and uh, even though you haven't been to the doctor about everything, there's some things going on that you're worried about. There was something that a woman in your life that you loved uh, went through some things physically and you're worried about if you'll have those same things that go through your life. And God said, that's why I want Brother Winslow to pray for you because I'm going to stop those things from happening in your life and they're not going to happen in anybody else's life in your family. God's going to touch you. Number one, God's going to heal you in your glands. All the glands of your body is getting healed, even across the front of your body. God's touching every one of your glands. God's going to touch your thyroid. He's going to heal your thyroid right here in this service. Some of the things you're battling, the depression, the crying, and the depression that you're battling secretly to yourself, by yourself and alone. And this lonely spirit comes over and you feel by yourself and just is because of your hormones. And God's going to touch your hormones today in this service and your chemical balance in your body is going to get right. You've got a thing going on in your neck area back here and God's going to heal that neck. It's a, it's, it's a wearing and an injured place in your neck. You've, you've had that for a little while, haven't you? And it's been growing really bad the last six months and on cold days you have a, a problem turning your neck in a certain direction. There's a ringing in one of your ears. And it's come from some mid-tone deafness and da uh, damage in your ears. And some of it has to do even with your neck. And because there's a lot of uh, nerves that run down through your neck that runs even up into your head. God told me to pray for your jaw. There's going to be a realignment in your jaw area. When you wake up tomorrow, it's going to be different in your jaw and, and in your mouth. God's got a miracle he's going to put inside your mouth. God's going to touch you inside your mouth. Sometimes you've got a, like a something that moves and clicks in your jaw area. And God's fixed to touch that. Also, back in the very back of your uh, gum line back there, God said, I'm going to do some working inside those teeth back there in the, in the area of your gums. One of your eyes, you have something going. You don't have any glasses on, so I've just got to go by faith right now. But one of your eyes, is you're having some problems in one of your eyes. It's like a stigmatization in one of your eyes. Your eye, one of your eyes is different shape than your other eye. And the focus is really different. You've noticed the last year that your night vision is not what it used to be. You've even told some of your family members, I, I don't want to drive so far at night. You've had a fear, something has come over you the last few years, a fear of some kind of wreck happening to you. And God said, I want to tell you right now, I'm going to put angels around you and I'm going to bless you, I'm going to touch you and I'm going to heal your body, I'm going to move in your life. If I was to tell you right now that God's going to touch your ankles and the weakness in your feet and in your ankles and the bottom of your feet, God's going to heal you there, would you believe that with me right now? 
no more uh, uh, bone spurs. God's going to heal those sore places in your feet. Your circulation is going to change right now. There's some people in your family that's had uh, diabetic conditions. And you're worried about some diabetes. And God said, I'm fixed to touch that. I'm going to move in that right now in Jesus' name. Uh, there's a miracle of healing of uh, cataracts for somebody in your family that's forming up some cataracts. And God's going to do some miracles. God said, I am going to send you home today, making everybody in this church so jealous of you. And said, they are just going to start seeing the blessings of God operating in your family in your life. You believe God can do those things for you? God's going to touch your knees, your legs. Come on, step up here. She's ready to go. I was going to make her wait a few more minutes, but she's ready to go. Give me two ladies that will come and stand with Brother Winslow. Now, let me explain this. If I, I, I somehow forget to explain this. You're to catch her. Hello. If she goes down. I need two buffed-up ladies. Hallelujah. Come on. Is that you? Great. Okay. If he's going to the bathroom or what, I just want to get you to a shirt. And, and, and uh, you know, believe me, when people are slain in the spirit, I'm not saying you're going to be slain. I'm just, I just don't want this to happen. And, and you just bounce off this. This is a cement floor here. Hallelujah. It's not even carpet. You would be fine, but you'd scare the next one I pray for. That happened not long ago, and this little lady I called out, this other lady fell, and they didn't catch her. So I, I called this lady out and said, can I pray for you? She said, am I going to fall? So I just do this for precaution. Step on out here now. Don't worry. God's going to free up your walking. Okay? God's going to help you walk without pain. God's going to touch you. Now, here's how God's going to do it. And I want you to just have faith. Just a few minutes, I'm just going to ask you to walk. Listen, you don't have to make anything up. If pain is still there, if you don't feel better, you just say, not yet, Brother Winslow, but I'm believing. But I always check so I can give God the credit instantly. It can build somebody else's faith in this building when God touches you. But I also know this. That just because it doesn't all happen right away, I, I don't even doubt, pout. I don't have stinking thinking or anything like that. I, I, I don't. I know God can do it. So I'm, I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to touch you. Now, this injury, there's another injury in your back. It's in mid to lower area of your back, and I'm going to pray for that. I see something jerking your back and your spine. Something having popped your spine. You jerked it. If you feel something pull on your back right now, that's God. Don't worry about it. God's going to touch you. All right, get ready. Lift your hands up. Uh, let's all stretch our hands this way and pray. One more thing, I'm supposed to pray for you, and you're going to get it all. If I don't say another word when I touch you, you're going to get it all. It's going to be done in Jesus' name. This other one's about a memory, a painful memory in your heart about someone that's not there anymore. And the emptiness and the pain that's in there, in deep in your spirit. And the Lord said, I want to tell you, I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not like everybody else. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. And I brought you to this church because you belong in the midst of my people, and you belong in the midst of my power. And I'm going to bring ministry into your family. I'm going to touch some of your family members, and they're going to be talented, and they're going to be used by God. And even right now, I'm imparting a calling into their lives and I'm going to touch your family. They're going to be used of God on the platform. And they're going to be used of God in the supernatural. All right, let's pray, everybody, right now in Jesus' name. As soon as I pray for you, when you get home, you will have no more problems swallowing. I want you to know that. Nothing's going to get caught in your throat anymore. In the upper part of your stomach, the hiatal hernia thing, is going to, God's going to heal it up. 
you're not going to feel like you're choking and that you have to drink a lot of liquids when you eat. That's over. It's done. All right, let's pray. Here's the first one we're praying for right now in Jesus' name. Here it comes. Get ready. As soon as God tells me to pray, I'm going to stay in obedience. As soon as God tells me, I'm going to lay hands on her. God said, I'm going to free her up. I'm going to uncripple her. I'm going to touch her in Jesus' name right now. Jesus, looser now, God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, praise him. It's done. It's as good as done right now. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give our Jesus some faith praise right now. Lord, just let me be right in your wheel. Don't let me get out of there. Let me get right between the humps of the camel. I'm going to release to this church in the next 30 seconds a group of warring angels to war with this church and for this church. Because ever since this church moved into this new dimension a few months ago, the enemy's been pouring everything on everybody in this church. He's been attacking every family. And God's going to release warring angels under Michael who are going to fight your enemy and beat the enemy back so you can have revival. Let's release it right now. Jesus, send a host of Michael's angels to battle with this church and for this church in Jesus' name. Now clap your hands, church, and say it's done right now. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Hallelujah. Is that your girlfriend right there? Is she your girlfriend too? Come on, girlfriend. Get out here. Glory to God. He'll be squeezing up on you tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. He loves you. He's, he, he, he loves you. Now, the big guy's got some things he's trying to work through. But I'm telling you what, he really does love you. And God's hand is on his life, and God's fixing to really start using him. I'm going to lay hands on you when I do. Your faith is going to start soaring. God's going to start speaking to you. You've, you've had occupational problems because you're trying to find what you're supposed to do and uh, and God's made a promise to you a long time ago whether you knew it was God or not that you were what you did for a living was going to be something to make you happy and you haven't been real happy lately and God said I'm gonna put an anointing on you and I'm fixed to touch you and I'm gonna open up some doors for you so that you can be used of God and you can be happy and you can make money and God can supply your needs because inside of you you've got a big old heart and you've been praying some secret prayers. And you want to really help people. And you want to speak to people. You want to make differences and changes in people's lives. And God said there's an anointing going to come over you and just move right down through your body. And God's going to know it. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to grab a Bible and start traveling the country with Billy Graham. But, you're, but, you're, but, but God's going to start speaking to you. And God's going to start touching you. Now, you're, you're, very, you're a lot smarter than people think you are. You you're really have a high IQ. You're really intelligent. But you, you, you have, ever since you were a child, you had a small little disorder that hindered your reading. And God's going to heal that in you right now. Today. You're going to get healed of it. I know because God healed me of it. And you're going to start reading and understanding things you never dreamed you could ever understand. And God's going to touch you. The next time you open the Bible up, it's going to speak to you. You're not going to have to get an easy version. 
You're not going to go get a living way Bible. God said, I'm going to speak to you out of whatever Bible you open up. I'm going to start talking to you. And God said, I'm going to anoint you with three things. When I lay my hand on you, three great things are coming on you. One is going to be the anointing of skill. Number two is going to be the anointing of power and authority. And number three is going to be the anointing of wisdom. It's going to come upon you. God's going to start speaking to you and using you. You have an illness in your body. It's small right now, but it is there. And it's going to grow and get bigger and stronger as the years go by. And God's going to stop it right now in its track. And if God doesn't stop it, it would affect your heart. But God's fixing to back it up. No blood pressure problems for you in the future. God said, I'm touching your blood. No diabetes for you in the future. You're going to notice a change in your legs, the circulation of your legs. In the next couple of weeks, all of a sudden, your, your strength's going to come back in your legs like they used to be a few years ago. When you get up, uh, it may not happen as soon as you get out of this chair today, but in just a next couple of days, you're going to get up and you're going to tell your wife, you know what, Brother Winslow said happened. I, I'm freer in my joints. I'm freer in my body. There's a procedure you've thought about, you've even prayed about it, but it would cost a lot of money to get it done. If you did it, it would help your physical body, it would help your health. God said, if you'll just believe me right now, I'll let you get the same results. Even though you will not go under surgery, you'll not have any lap bands or anything of that nature, God said, if you'll just have faith, he said, it'll just start happening and I'll start working with you. God said, no more... Uh, problems at night, sleeping and, and not able to breathe. You're not going to be waking up through the night. And uh, this uh, at times, sometimes when it's really bad, you, uh, you, you stop breathing, you breathe, you stop, you snore. Things happen in your sleep that you don't know about. And God said, I'm going to touch that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal it in your body right now in Jesus' name. When I lay my hand on your head, all hindrances to the power of the Holy Ghost working in you is going to leave just like that. And you're going to be open. You're going to be accessible to the supernatural. God says some of the same gifts and faith that's in me is going to come upon you right now in Jesus' name. There's somebody that looks a little bit like you. They're not as tall as you are. They're not as big as you are, but they favor you a lot. And God said, I'm going to send miracles to them, and I'm going to heal them, and I'm going to touch them right now in this service. When I pray for you, I'm going to touch them. I want both of you to get your hands up, and I want you to start praising God. And There's no pressure on them. I'm just going to pray a quick prayer, and I'm going to walk away. But I want everybody to get on your feet. And I want you to pray revival starts in this family in a powerful way right now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, everything you spoke and more will come upon this family right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, you've got to back up. You have no power over God's property. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command anointing and power. Into, that's it. Go ahead. Just open your mouth and praise God right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let your power, let your spirit go. The Lord said, get ready. There's a word popping up in front of me. The word is children. God said, I've got a miracle surrounding this world, this word children. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's praise him, everybody. Come on, let's take a few minutes to give God praise. Glory to God. Let's praise him. Lift your hands and worship God and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, thank you for what you're doing right now. 
Stay standing with Brother Winslow. We're fixed to have an altar call. Can, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Where were you going? Bathroom? <laughs> I got you where you went. Come, come out of here right now. I want to pray for you in Jesus' name. Lift your hands up. You believe God can heal your body? You believe God can heal you? I believe God can. Matter of fact, what God wants to heal you of is going to affect some of your family members also that need a healing from God. Uh, give me a couple of ladies just to stand with me in faith and believe God, one on each side of her. Lift your hands up. I'm going to pray for you. God said for me to pray this prayer over you, and it's going to start working immediately. God said the attack on your house is over. God said, I'm sending, I want you to hear me now, I'm sending a strong anointing with you home today. And that strong anointing is going to touch your family because you've been praying for some of your family and you've been looking and seeing no results or little results. And God said, get ready, I'm going to step up the plan. I'm going to step up the process. I'm going to send powerful anointing home with you right now to bring strength, spiritual strength into your house in the name of Jesus. Let's get ready to pray. Now watch this. You, you've, got, you've got incredible faith. I'm going to tell you something else. There's, there's something else. I see these bars around somebody, and God said he's fixing to set somebody free right now. When I lay hands on you, God said the spirit of, in, of incarceration is going to be broken off of somebody in your family, in your life right now, in Jesus' name. When I lay my hand on your head, God said I'm healing your feet and your legs. I'm healing your stomach, your digestion. And I'm going to heal your breathing and your chest right now. Here it comes. In the name of Jesus. There it is. It's done in Jesus' name. Let's praise him. Can I pray for you, brother? Is this your family? Both rows? I want all your family to come step out here with Brother Winslow right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on out here. God's fixing to do something massively for all one of you. I move, as I move to the front, get ready. Stay standing. When I get to the front, I'm going to call everybody to the front of this church. Tomorrow night, you're just not going to believe what God's going to do in this church tomorrow night. And we're going to have plenty of time to focus on this church service. We're going to show up be the second night in a row. Great things are going to happen. All right, just stand right here in front of all your family right now. All the family members, just lift your hands. I'm going to speak some things to everybody in this family. Number one, there's three brand new promotions and jobs that God wants to release into this family. Number two, about schooling and education, college, things of that nature. God said, I'm going to open doors up. I'm going to uh, allow grants to happen. I'm going to let money flow. I'm going to let the mind be touched. God said even the highest order, the highest desire of accomplishment that is in someone's life in this family is going to take place. God said you're not just dreaming. It's not just imagination. And I know this is going to blow some of y'all's minds, but I see the word doctor written in front of me right now. I believe there's somebody in this family God's going to anoint, God's going to touch them, and they're going to get a doctorate degree, and God's going to use them, and God's going to touch them in a mighty way.
God said for me to lay hands and touch every one of them. There's quite a few members here, but I'm going to touch every one of them. God said if you'll cry out to him, ask him to touch your life, as soon as the man of God touches you, he's going to pour his spirit upon you. Give me three or four people to stand with Brother Winslow out here and help me pray. Let's start praying, church, right now. Jesus, I come through and to you by the power of the blood of the Lamb of God. Lord, as we lay hands on each one of these family members, you're going to start a powerful Holy Ghost, Jesus' name revival in the midst of this family. Lord, let no weapon be formed against this people. Lord, let no hindering spirit stop this people. In the name of Jesus, let worship be released. Let faith be released. Let power be released in Jesus' name. Use him, Lord. Come on, there's a prophetic word over this family. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I decree it done in Jesus' name. There's a hundred soul revival around this family right now, church. Somebody help me pray. Everybody get your hands up. Faith is being released all over this building right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you right now, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost in the matter of minutes if you'll repent and get where you need to be with God. Now, I know pastors got to get us out of here at a certain time, but I believe it won't take God long. When you step out of that chair, God's going to sow these seven spiritual laws. While you're coming, I'm going to speak about these seven laws. If you want a miracle from God, if you need a healing in your body, if you want God to help you financially, if you want to be a part of this last day end time revival, will you step out right now and come to the altar with Brother Winslow, and I'm going to speak these seven laws of the supernatural over this church. And God's going to release these laws into this church and into your life and into your mind. Number one, the law of difference. God said, you're going to excel. Everybody say, excel. Everybody say, I'm going to be what God wants me to be. The law of difference. This church was sowed in a difference. God's making a difference in this community. God said, there are seven cities around this church that God is giving this church dominion in those cities to reach them in Jesus' name. Number two is the law of the mind. Everybody lay your hand on your head. I want you to take dominion over your mind through the Holy Ghost right now and say, I'm going to think the thoughts of God. Say that right now. I'm going to think the thoughts of God. Everybody say, I'm going to have the mind of Christ. I'm going to have the mind of Christ. 
Keep your hand there and say, I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm going to get the mind of God. Take that hand off your head and lift your hands and worship God and say, God, thank you that you've given me the mind to serve you and a mind to think your thoughts. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Number four is the law of two. God's been attacking families around this church. He's been attacking marriages. Without you saying a word today when you go home, God is going to remove the thorn of difference so that you can start believing together. Everybody say, God's going to remove the thorn of difference between me and my kids. God's going to remove that out of the way so that you can reach your children and you can speak to them. The law of two is taking place right now. Number five is the law of place. You've got to learn that where your feet are right now, God can give you everything that you need. You don't have to go over there, travel over there, go and change places. God said, I'm going to give you the law of place that wherever your feet are, I'm going to give you power in that place. Number six is the law of honor. The Bible said if you honor your father and mother, long are going to be your days. You'll have long life. Do you know that the first four commandments of the Ten Commandments are about the honor of God and the last six are about honoring God? Or the first four are about honoring God and the last six are about honoring man? We've got to honor God first, but then we've got to honor each other in Jesus' name. And so everybody say the law of honor. I'm going to start honoring each other. I'm going to start honoring the man of God. I'm going to start honoring today's Father's Day. And we honor Father today. And that's what the law of honor does. It opens up miracles and power when you start honoring things. Number seven is the law of the seed. Everybody say the law of the seed. When you can learn to start planting things to receive a harvest, you're going to start seeing incredible miracles taking place in this church. Trust me, God's going to move off this church any doubt about any kind of real estate miracle this church would ever need. I want you to receive it right now. I want you to believe that. I'm going to speak a word of faith over this church, and I want you to write it on your calendar that within 365 days, many of you that never dreamed you'd ever own a home is going to own a home. Because God's going to bless you. You're going to learn about the seed of how to sow and how to give to God. You can't give what you don't have. But you can give when God speaks to you about giving and you listen to God and you follow God and you sow. How many times have I given my electric, uh, electricity money? My, uh, I've given some of my mortgage money. I, I, I've never asked for that from anybody. Only God can ask for that. But how many times has God spoke to me and said, release that and give that. I promise you I'll take care of you. And God's always met my need. You've got to learn about the power of the law of sowing of seeds of what God can do. Now, always when I pray one-on-one -on -one with people, I get more results because I'm able to work with their faith. But I want you to reach a place in faith right now that you can believe, God, that right now, instantly, across this church, people are going to be healed, delivered, and set free in Jesus' name. I want you to say to yourself, I'm going to plead the blood, and I'm walking out of this church, and I'm going to start walking in newness of life. And I'm going to come back tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and God's going to speak to Brother Winslow and Brother Brown. 
and God's going to speak these seven laws into our service and our church, and we're going to walk in a supernatural way. And by Tuesday night, we're going to see great things taking place in this church. Let's pray all across this church. Get someone by the hand. Let's bind together. Let's say this prayer, and then we're going to just lift our hands in praise. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need healing, if you need a financial miracle, just identify it right now. Tell God, I'll serve you if you don't give it. But God, I'm believing it right now. You're going to do it. Jesus, you're everything to this church. I believe this week you're going to show us what you can do spiritually, miraculously, in revival in this church. Sow the seven laws that you've revealed to me for this church into our lives and our mind and our spirit right now. Don't let us walk past the whale with Jesus sitting on it and not know that Jesus could do great things for us right now. Almighty baptizer of the Holy Ghost, for the next three or four minutes, will you pour your spirit out upon us in Jesus' name. Now let go of that hand, and while they're praising with a song of praise, I'm going to turn it back to the man of God. I want you to start worshiping with everything you've got. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want you to open your mouth and let God fill it right now. If you need a healing in your body, I want you to speak out the name of that disease and tell Jesus he's greater than that disease. Do it right now for two or three minutes nonstop. Start right now. Lift up your hands high right now in the name of Jesus. God, I'm in surrender to you, Lord. I'm believing, Lord Jesus, that for my family, for my destiny personally, Lord God, for our church, Lord Jesus, uh, hallelujah. I'm believing, Lord God, that your will is going to be made manifest, uh, that my faith is going to be made stronger, that I'm going to operate, Lord God. I'm going to operate, Lord Jesus, uh, 
in the understanding of the gifts of the Spirit in my life, Lord God, and the principles of your Word in my life, Lord Jesus. There are going to be people that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Their revival is going to spring forth in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe it right now in the name of the Lord. I trust you, Lord, for it. I have confidence in Jesus' name that you're going to do it on our behalf in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you believe that God has begun a work uh, that is not finished yet, uh, but it has begun, I want you to put your hands together in faith right now. Come on, I believe it. Hallelujah, I believe it. I believe it. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody have faith in your spirit right now? Hallelujah. Anybody believe God's working on your behalf? God's not finished yet. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I want, I want you to pay special attention right now. I'm so excited. Even right now, I'm very, very excited that tomorrow night we're gathering together at 7 o'clock. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to have just a couple songs. Uh, so that means by 7.15, 7.20, we're going to turn the service over to Brother Winslow and uh, let, God, uh, let God speak through him, let the ministry happen as, as God would have it to happen. There will be no restraints on us. We'll be able to uh, have uh, a move of God. And, uh, and then Tuesday night, the same thing, 7 o'clock, we'll gather together. Everybody got that? Turn to your neighbor and say, seven, hold up seven fingers if you can do that. Turn to your neighbor, hold up seven, seven o'clock, seven o'clock, amen. And uh, he'll be on the floor by before 720, and uh, we're going to give full time and opportunity for the Spirit of the Lord to minister. And, and the Word has been established. The Word is being confirmed today, amen. And God is doing great and mighty things. Do you believe that? And if... If you're here, maybe you're new at Life Church and you, you've never been a part of a revival like this, man, don't miss it, please. Don't miss it because there are some things that are going to happen that you're going to be like, wow, I've never experienced anything like that. So I encourage you to, uh, and, and if you have to work late or whatever and you can't be here by 7, get here as soon as you can. Come in your work clothes. Everybody got that? No needs for suits and ties. Tomorrow, just come, come as you are, and uh, let's let God speak to us, all right? Okay, now I need you to pay special attention because we, we do have to get out of here in a, in a very specific manner. Everybody listening? If you have children and life kids, when I give the word, I want you to exit out of the door right here and uh, go check your children out and then go out the, the uh, door on that side over there, okay? Everybody listen. Nobody move yet. Everybody listen. And then if you, if you don't have life kids, I'm going to have to ask you to do this today, and I hate this, but we got to do it. Uh, I want you to exit all through that door right there, not these two, because it's being set up for the other church. And uh, uh, I want you to move right on out to your cars. Sorry about that, but this is what we'll have to do today. And uh, tomorrow night, you can fellowship till the cows come home. Praise God. God bless you.